this morning, as I, as I stand before you, I, I, am, I give praise to the Lord this morning on, on your behalf. The gifts uh, that this congregation and many others that goes to support our ministry in different ways. Um, we've reached already this year over 5,100 people with our message. The Lord's taken us to like, like 15 different churches. We've had the ability to have 12 different school groups or homeschool groups that we've taught this year um, throughout the Midwest, okay, already. This summer, we are, we are traveling between Ryan and I. Uh, when Ryan comes off of baby duty, um, we are still waiting for that call. We uh, haven't gotten a call, have we? We haven't gotten a, you haven't gotten a call. I haven't gotten a call. Okay, so waiting on number seven. Um, as soon as he comes back uh, on duty uh, later in, in June, um, we will be in approximately a dozen different places this summer, um, from camps to VBSs to, to whatever the case may be. And, uh, and the fall does not look any slower for us, okay? So um, it is a blessing to be, able to, to be able to be taking this book and this word everywhere the Lord opens a door for us. There was a year, a couple of years ago, that that didn't happen. That was a frustrating year for, for me personally. Uh, being home was great, to be able to be home with my wife, um, for more time than usual until she says, honey, you're kind of grumpy today. <laughs> so, well, <laughs> she saw it within me. Uh, my, 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 my call is to take this out, to take the message of creation, truth, foundation out. The importance of understanding Genesis and the history in it, what it means to the gospel. That's what I'm called to do. So 2020, when, when I couldn't go and do that the way I've been asked to do, man, that was a frustrating year for me. Um, but I can stand before you and, and let you know he is always faithful. Always, even in the midst of, of trials. Always faithful. So I, I, I thank you. Um, please continue to keep us in your prayers, especially as we travel this summer. Uh, we are going to be all over the place, from Missouri to Illinois to Kansas to... Uh, Mississippi, um, all over, okay? So keep us in your prayers as we travel. Uh, this fall takes us to Wyoming, um, takes, us, takes us all over even further yet out. So uh, do keep us in your prayers uh, as always. This morning, my message, my message is about Jesus. Now some of you are like, well, that's good, that's nice. Um, I was hoping, <laughs> right? My wife used to, I, I prepared this message several years ago, and, and my wife, as she usually does, will ask me, so what are you, you going to share Sunday morning? And I said, Jesus. She, said, she just smiled at me and said, well, okay, that's nice. You want to elaborate? Um, turn with me to John chapter 3. I find, as, as we think about Christ, we have a tendency especially those of us that have grown up in the church or have been saved for a long time, we have a tendency to, to park Jesus in his Savior role. That that's all we ever see him as. As much as that is the really important role for us, being saved, it's not, not his only role. 
not the only way we should understand him or see him. So in John chapter 3, do you recall who is speaking with with Jesus here in John chapter 3? It's Nicodemus. He's a fellow that, that knew the word at that time, forwards, backwards, inside and out. Should have known, should have known and understood who Jesus was. But he was grappling with things in his life that he was seeing and experiencing as he watched this man claiming to be who he claimed to be. And knowing what he knew in Scripture. And so in the third chapter, we have Nicodemus coming to Christ and and he's asking him questions. Questions about these signs and these things he's been seeing. And and Jesus tells him, listen, you, you have got to be born again. And he's, and he's struggling with this idea of being born again. But then, isn't it interesting, in verse 12, the theme verse for our ministry, Jesus says to him, I have spoken to you of earthly things, and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? Jesus lays down a very important, an important point about who he is and about eternal things. Nicodemus, if you, can't, if you can't grapple with and understand the things that I'm telling you that you can go see and check, what makes you think you can trust anything I have to say about eternal things? In this day and time now, I believe a lot of people, most people, we just want to have some hope. Hello? In the midst of everything going on around us, we just want some hope. Because we don't see it anywhere. Like if we just turn on the news and that's all we ever get, whoo, I've kind of quit watching the news. Because it's frustrating to me. There, there, there's, there's nothing but just ugh, on the news to me. We need hope. Jesus, in this this one verse, he helps us understand we can connect a couple dots. If if what Jesus has said and who Jesus is, earthly, if he's right about what he was and is, then what does that mean about our eternal hope? So we can trust it. We don't have to have blind faith when we trust it. So, So turn with me. Let's evaluate Jesus as not just our Savior, but our Creator also. See, when I think about Him as my Creator, my mind immediately goes to Luke chapter 9. Turn with me to Luke chapter 9. See, as our Creator, see, we we often think of Him as, as our Savior, But I I want you today to also see him as your creator. So in the first chapter of Genesis, we have this record of the Lord creating everything. On day one, when he makes the heavens and the earth, he says, let there be what? Light. Now often, and maybe you recall when I was here I don't know how long ago now we did VBS. It's been a couple years. Okay, so 
Every time I, I, I read the words, let there be light, it, it, it screams at me, let there be light. Okay, that, that's, what I, that's what I read, what I hear, what I see in that word. It's this immense amount of power. His glory. The Lord's glory. That's what when he said, as, as creator, when he said, let there be light, it, it, he took his glory and he turned it on within our, our understanding and realm of creation. It separated day from night, that first day. His glory, his, his light. Well, here in Luke chapter 9, we have Jesus. He's taken Peter, James, and John. They went up this little hill. And look at verse 29 for a second. As he was praying, the appearance of his face changed. And his clothes became as what? What's the text say? Different? What else? Gleaming. Translation I've got says, became bright as a flash of lightning. <laughs> A.K.A. <laughs> See, he, in that instance, Peter, James, and John, you know what they were seeing there on that mount? We call it the, the Mount of Transfiguration. We, we, we call this portion in his life, this moment he, he was transfigured. Do you, know, you understand what he was doing? He was tying himself back to the light made on day one and who controls it, who made it, who governs it, right before Peter, James, and John. He became day one light again. And what were they in the middle of doing? Falling asleep. See, today, in this time, he wants, he wants us to know who we should be worshiping, who we're created to worship. His power and His glory is worthy of it. See, we, we may focus in this day and time and look for things that would give us hope, and most times those things that we look for to give us hope are things we end up worshiping. Sometimes it's not our Lord. Maybe it's something else. Listen, we were created to worship one thing or another. So, so firstly today, what are you worshiping? Do you worship the God that created everything, who is also your Savior, who is all glory and all power and the only one worthy of your worship? Because if you're looking for hope and you're worshiping something else, you're not going to find it. It only resides in Him. And when I read the ninth chapter of Luke, that's what I see. When he was standing on that hill and he showed them his glory. That someday, because we have hope, will we see that glory again? Yes. If we, if we run over to, to Revelation chapter 21 and 22, we will see his glory again. We will no longer need the sun or the moon, it says. Who is going to be our light? He is. 
the same light that was on that mount right there with Peter, James, and John. That same glory. Allow it to change your life. Allow it to affect your life every day. As it affected James, Peter, James, and John, what did they immediately want to do? They wanted to worship and, and set up monuments right there to remember that moment. Do you remember him day in, day out? Hour in, hour out. Do you look for his glory? See, his glory will physically change you. It will physically change you. Think about Moses on the mount. When he came out of the presence of the Lord, could anybody tell? Yeah, it was very obvious. What was so obvious? He was... <laughs> he showed the one that he worshipped who holds all glory and all power. Don't forget that in the, in this, in the midst of, of everything going on. Remember whose glory and power we worship. So, not only do we, we look and connect Him by his, by his light and His glory, but then we could, we could, we could go to John chapter 6. Let's go to John chapter 6. In John chapter 6, He is... He's been teaching for some time. So long, it's now lunch. So not unlike this morning, maybe. Just kidding. Um, he's been teaching. It's lunchtime. What does your stomach do around lunchtime? See, you guys don't experience it because you're first service. See, second service here in a little bit. <laughs> stomachs begin grumbling. There's a need we have. Certain times of day, there's a need we have. So it comes to this time, and, and the disciples are like, okay, Lord, if, you're gonna, if we're going to keep going, we need, like, people need to eat. <laughs> and, and Jesus says, no, no, it's going to be okay. We'll, we'll just provide. One of his disciples is like, well, no, wait a minute. <laughs> like, that's, uh, that's where there's like 5,000 folks here. <laughs> uh, there's no way we're going to feed them all. How, what do you mean? Who is your sustainer in your life? I mean, if you're worshiping him and you understand that he is, he is it, then the next question for you this morning is, is he also your sustainer? See, at this, moment, at, at this moment in his ministry, he's teaching, he has multitudes coming to him, really accepting who he is and what he's doing, but, but I don't know how many of them actually trusted him. Even his disciples at this point. So there's this boy. You remember? The boy. He, he has a lunch, right? What's his lunch made of, church? Five loaves. Five loaves and a couple fish, right? Did he leave the house that morning with the expectation that this lunch is going to feed over 5,000 people? You think he left the house that morning whatever, going, yeah, this is going to be cool today. I got my lunch. 
See, what we don't know is, is if he was even with his parents. Could have been. Might not have been. What we know is, is this multitude, Jesus is about to show us who sustains us. As only the Creator could do. As much as we think about Jesus often as our Savior, and sometimes we even compartmentalize Him into being just this man 2,000 years ago. No, 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 no. He was fully God. He is also our Creator. Who made the barley that was ground to put into that bread? He did. He, he made it on the third day when He made all of the botany kingdom, all the plants. He made it then. Who, who made the fish that is about to be broken and divided? He did. On day five of all of history, he made everything that has ever lived in the water. Who better to take that fish and feed a multitude from two? See, just a man is not going to do that. See, he shows his creatorship. Even, even right here in feeding these people. As he says in verse 10, have the people sit down. Focus them. <laughs> That's what that says. Focus. <laughs> Have them sit down. So they sit, right? Jesus then took the loaves in verse 11 and gave thanks and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. As much as they wanted. It wasn't even like, well, they'll get by. Here, just give them a couple bites. This will tide us over. No, it says that they, they, had, they had what they needed. They had what they wanted. Hmm. He did the same with the fish. When they had all had enough to eat, he said to the disciples, gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. And how many baskets are left over? Twelve. Twelve. Who is your sustainer this morning? In the midst of the chaos, when we need hope, who's sustaining you? Are you looking at your checkbook? Are you looking at the inflation number and stressing about your checkbook? As myself yesterday, driving here, every time I had to fuel the truck with the trailer, Lord, help us. I've, I've never seen that price in fuel. Ever. Who is your sustainer? Is it your creator and savior, Jesus Christ? See, right here, he shows us who our sustainer should be. In the midst of an impossible situation, in the midst of an impossible situation, the Lord sustains. Let's look at, at another passage, another moment that connects his creatorship to who he is as our Savior. Run, run over to, to Matthew chapter 14 right quick. In Matthew chapter 14, we have the account following this moment where he feeds the 5,000. <coughs> Excuse me. He, has, he puts his disciples in a boat, sends them out. 
They're out offshore, it says, several miles. Jesus goes to rest and spend time in prayer. In the midst of his disciples being in the boat, what happens on the lake? There's a storm, right? Anybody ever experience a storm in a boat? Not a fun thing. Not a fun thing at all. Um, I experienced it once with a young lady uh, and, and, some, and some kids uh, at a camp where they put me in charge of a, of a tubing boat. And I'd never done it in my entire life. I'm like, you don't want me. We just need you, Matt. We just need a body. Just put, push this here, steer that. Don't hit something. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, and by the way, throw the, throw the kids off the tube. However you can. So, um, so that was my task. This young lady, she had lots and lots of hair. <laughs> well, see, there had been a storm. Well, there were dark clouds on the other end of the lake. It was a very long lake. But my, my understanding of, of storms and lakes and what limited knowledge I have in that, I, I said, okay, I do need to keep track of that cloud. <laughs> like, that one's not looking good, but we'll, we'll just go. It's sunny over here on this end, we'll just go. About the moment I turned around, we'd been on the lake uh, one or two students, if memory serves me right, I turned around and I saw this one young lady with all this hair. I turned around as she was getting ready to get in the tube and her hair was sticking straight out. Like, and I, I, mean, I, I from what I can recall, I screamed at her, get in the boat. <laughs> like, get in the boat, get as low as you can, we're out of here. That's as close as I've ever been to a storm. That's as close as I care to be with a storm on a boat. But here, the disciples are out in this boat, right? Verses 22 and following, chapter 14 of Matthew. And, and, and Jesus knows and understands the stress they're in. How do I know that? Because he goes to them in the midst of the storm. He goes to them. How does he get to them? <laughs> that impossible thing of walking on water, right? That thing that, that the Mythbusters several years ago disproved quite, quite easily. <laughs> like, we can't walk on water, right? Unless you're the maker of the water. Right? Unless you're the maker of that, of that little molecule, that, that covalent bonded molecule. <laughs> that specially little made molecule. Unless you made it. You can do whatever you'd like to do with it. It's your creation. He chose to walk on it. When he gets close to the boat, what, is it, what are the disciples? They see him, right? They see him, and what's the text say? They look and they, they think, it's a ghost! Like, like, their brain is like, there's no way that's actually a person, right? <laughs> like, this is not possible. They were fishermen. They knew where they were on the lake. There are people that have been trying to argue, well, they were near some jetty and, and Jesus was walking on the rocks that were just under the... <laughs> These are the fish. They know this lake. They know where they're at. Jesus is showing them, I'm in control of everything. I'm in control of everything. I, 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 I made this water. So he comes to them. 
But that's not, that's not just, just that part is phenomenal to me. But then, then there's Peter. As Jesus has told them, take courage, don't be afraid. What does Peter do? He's a bright one. Lord, if it's you, uh, tell me to come to you on the water, <laughs> verse 28 says. Would that have been your first thought in the middle of the storm? One, you've just, you've just realized, okay, this is, your, this is your master walking on the water. This is your, your tea. The one you've been hanging out, he's now walking on water, which shouldn't surprise you a whole lot with everything you've seen in his life at this point. But, but Peter takes it a step further. He says, let me come to you if it's you. Right? Let me come to you. Are you bold that way in your, in your life? Do you ask Him, do you ask Him, the crea your Creator and your Savior, do you ask Him to challenge you ever? Or you just like to be just, oh, I'm, I'm comfortable. Uh, I'm okay. I'm okay right here. Jesus, when you get over here, that's good. I'll greet you when you get over here. Are you, are you okay with Him out there somewhere and not impacting you? See, Peter, it shows me right here, Peter wanted to be impacted. He, Lord, can I come to you? What does Jesus say? No, you better stay there, Peter. That's like a wacky question. Like, why would you? <laughs> no, no, no. He says, come. He says, come. He, he challenges Peter to come. <laughs> Where is your faith? Peter, where's your faith? Let's go. Let's try. Let's see, what, let's see how this goes. Come on. <laughs> he steps out of the boat. He, he's walking on water. Something it is impossible for us to do. Impossible. Not if you're with the, the creator of the water. As long as we keep our eyes on who? See, Peter was so focused, he kept his eyes on, on, on what's going on around him. Chaos, utter chaos. A, a total storm is going on around him. Not unlike where we find ourselves today. Hello? The storm and the chaos going around us. We need to remember who's in control, church. Who's, who's, whose eyes we should be focused on whose face, whose glory, who's, who's our sustainer. Because this shows us very clearly, Peter is walking on water. Until what? Until he takes his eyes off. When we take our eyes off the Creator and Savior, we are in trouble. We're, we're in trouble. The same as Peter was in that moment. We are in trouble. What does Peter begin doing immediately? Huh. He's thinking, right? Look at what your Creator and Savior does. See, not only is He worthy because of His glory, and not only is He our sustainer, He is also merciful and gracious. Hello? He could have very well and easily to Peter in that moment go, you know what? You deserve that. 
All you had to do was focus on me. That's all you had to do. You even saw it. You've experienced it. You even saw it. I don't know why you're going to even doubt. But you know what? Jesus didn't do that to Peter. What did he do? What's he do to every one of us? We're in the midst of, of sin. We're in the midst of looking at the storm around us and being overwhelmed. What does he do? He reaches down and pulls us up. He reaches down, pulls us up. He pulls Peter up, puts him in the boat. He doesn't go, you deserve that. He doesn't go, he doesn't go that served you right. I told you so. He doesn't do that. He shows us grace. He shows us mercy. Just as he did to Peter right there. I mean, he, he does the same to every one of us that he did with Peter right there. You know, we, 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 look, at these, we look at these accounts, I think, and we, and, we, and we read them and we're like, well, yeah, I, don't, I wouldn't have done that. That's ridiculous. We do it quite a bit in our life, don't we? We know better. Doesn't matter. We get caught up and we get distracted from who He is. Who He is. He is our Creator and He is our Savior. And if we, if we go over to John chapters 19 and 20, and, and I'm not going to spend time on this today, but it, it, it's where he's, he's crucified. He's buried. The creator of everything. Everything. The Romans kill him. And then they put him in a tomb. How did they make sure that he wasn't going to do what all the rumors and the stories being told about him was going to happen? What did the Romans do to assure that that his body wasn't going to be stolen. <laughs> What'd they do? Yeah, they put guards. They put the SEAL Team 6 equivalent of the Roman religion, right? Right there. And then and what did they do with the tomb? Sealed it. Like they put this ginormous stone, sealed it. They're like, okay, we've heard these rumors. We've heard what's... He's going to rise from the... <laughs> no, he's not. We're going to take care of this. Who made those guards? In his image. Who, who made the rock that was supposed to be so big to keep him, keep him in the tomb? See, everything about Jesus' ministry, his life, his death, and his resurrection points us back to John chapter 3, verse 12. If you can't believe when I tell you about earthly things, then what makes you think you can believe me about heavenly things? Do you trust him with your life? See, the only reason he can say, I am the way, the truth, and the life, is because he knew he was going to resurrect from the dead. He's not dead today, church. So let's quit acting like it. Hello? 
in the midst of a culture that is screaming for hope. We have it. You have it. You have it right here. The Spirit in you is your Creator and Savior. And we don't act like it all the time. We don't act like it. I don't act like it all the time. Please remind yourself over and over again in your worship, in your your private worship every day, in the reading of the Word, who He is as your Creator and your Savior. Pray with me. Lord, today in this place, I thank You and I praise You for who You are. That You have not only made me, but Lord, You have saved me. Lord, You are the only one that is worthy to do so. There's nothing I can do that would save me. Lord, this day, I I, I thank You for being my sustainer. Lord, I thank You for, for being merciful and gracious over and over again in my life. Lord, I thank You for life. As You rose, I get to raise and spend eternity with You. Lord, I pray in, in, this, in this house this morning, Lord, I pray that there, that truth rings, rings boldly. On this weekend that we remember those that we have lost, Lord, help us to remember the life we have, the hope we have. Lord, many of those that have sacrificed their lives that we remember this weekend, Lord, have, have done it. Whether they realize it or not, for a country that was founded on you. Lord, you are our hope. Lord, I thank you. I praise you for being my creator and my savior. In Jesus' name, amen.